0: Program everybody. You just stepped inside of psychotic bump school, the place where education and entertainment meet. At the intersection of Funk and Soul, my name is DJ Roman. I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Psychotic Bump School. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight oh, we have another amazingly full show. Oh, We have a lot to get through this evening. We got three people coming through the school tonight, and one hasn't been here for several years. So wait till you hear this lineup. We're going to be welcoming back my good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips. Gary Phillips is a renowned author and writer and screenwriter, it turns out, in Los Angeles, and he's here to talk to us about his latest project released in rapid successive fashion in the year 2022. Uh, South Central Noir and One Shot Harry are just two of his latest, but he's got so many other things in the works. He's been a very busy guy since he was last here a few years ago on Psychiatric Bum School. I am so excited to welcome back the good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips, joining us this evening. And I'm gonna be welcoming back our good sisters, Lori Peacock and licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips Brown. They're here to help me pay tribute to the late, great Irene Cara. That's right, Irene Cara or Cara. I'm not sure how they pronounce it precisely. Uh, She passed away over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. She is known for singing the biggest pop hits in movie music history in terms of her hit singles, Fame from the movie of the same name and TV show. And she also actually co-wrote the hit, Flashdance, What a Feeling, and sang it, for which she also won multiple accolades for that as well. Uh, She died at the tender age of 63 over the weekend, as uh, reported by her publicist. Quite sadly, it was shocking, and it conjured up a lot of feelings, emotions, and memories in the hearts, minds, and souls of young women across the nation and across the world, really. Irene Cara passed away at the age of 63 so we're going to be paying tribute to her with casey phillips brown and Lori peacock so that's going to be our lineup so you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off so this is kcwg the truth.com. my name is dj rome welcome to psychotic bum school stay tuned for more we're going to kick off our show with the good brother mr gary phillips after this
1: hate new york city Fold and it's down and all the people dressed like monkeys. Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo That town a little bit too rugged for you and me, you bad girl.
2: This is Gary Phillips. And you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, com, the best internet radio show on the planet. Rolling
1: down the Imperial Highway The big nasty bed at my side Santa the winds blowing hot from the north We were born to ride Roll down the wind down the top, crank up the Beach for us baby, don't let the music stop, we going right ride it we just can't ride it That man he's down on his knees Look at these women Ain't nothing like them nowhere Century Boulevard We love it Victory Boulevard
0: WG, the truth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bum School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited to have back this guest coming up right here. This good brother was here a few years ago, and he just reminded me it was about 2018, right toward the beginning of the very podcast, Psychotic Bum School. It's amazing how much time has gone by and how quickly, but this brother has been anything but stagnant. I mean, so much has happened since that time. He had a book back then called The Obama Inheritance that I had a whole lot of fun uh, reading and getting to know this brother. And since that time, he's got, man, I'm going to just let him tell y'all, because this cat's got so many releases out there right now. (laughs) I would be remiss if I try to name them all. I wouldn't do them justice. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School our good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips. Mr. Phillips, are you in the house?
2: Yes, sir. DJ Rob, Th- thanks for having me back, brother.
0: Man, it is a long time coming, and I am so super excited that you're able to be here, good brother. What the, man? What haven't you been doing? I, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I'm assuming you're <laughs> okay. you've been busy,
3: right? I've
2: been trying to. I've been trying to keep busy. Uh, I guess on the, on the, on the book front, uh, yes, earlier this year, uh, around March or April, I guess maybe toward the middle of March, uh, beginning of April, uh, One Shot Harry uh, dropped. That's my uh, uh, 22nd novel. It came oh. out from, from, from Soho Crime, mm. and it's set uh, in uh, Los Angeles, uh, segregated Los Angeles of 1963, and the main character is uh harry ingram and harry is a korean war vet and he's a uh a part-time uh, crime photographer <laughs> and part-time uh process server and uh he makes his living uh i should say he's a black korean war vet that's kind of pertinent to the story mm-hmm. uh and, but and he makes his living uh, uh doing both those occupations but mainly as a crime photographer and, and chasing around uh shots of uh police activity or, or what have you, uh, although occasionally he will, uh, you know, deviate and, and, uh, as, in, as in the case of the novel, uh, Martin Luther King, who did in fact visit LA several times and in fact did come back to LA in April of 63, uh, mm-hmm. to do, this is four months before the famous March on Washington.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: there was in Los Angeles, we actually had a Wrigley field here. Now, not as famous, uh, and not as big. As the uh, as the one in Chicago, but the same family had built uh, a stadium here in South Central, actually, at uh, 42nd and Avalon and the uh, at the at the then A angels and some other Pacific League teams uh, played in that stadium and King had a freedom rally uh, at that stadium, partly to help raise money to help raise a profile for the upcoming March on Washington and as events, of course, transpire uh it is a mystery novel after all my character Harry who's going to cover that rally the rally kind of happens toward the end of the novel but a lot of events happen as we lead up to that uh historic event part of it too is we get a look at Los Angeles uh, at that time uh, when in fact uh Tom Bradley who would eventually become the mayor uh, of the city is uh, running for city council he is he is uh retired from the police force and now he is running for city council that that race figures into to the uh uh, one of the subplots in the book as well as then the woman who's uh essentially going to become harry's uh uh more than his love interest i mean really kind of his partner in crime uh Mm -hmm. anita claire and uh, she's working on the bradley campaign and they their orbits uh intersect in the novel, as well as uh, the mystery is set in motion, uh, a old army buddy, of uh, uh, a white guy, an old army buddy though of uh, Harry, Harry's comes back to town and he's a part-time jazz musician. And he's got this other gig kind of uh, driving for a, a millionaire, a, a well-to-do guy, a kind of a recruiter of his day <laughs> and uh, and the guy and his buddy dies under mysterious circumstances, and that sets in motion the whole plot. Wow! Did you say the Rick Caruso of his time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did say that uh, <laughs> because, of course, in LA here, we've just had uh, this big yeah. contest right between uh, an old an old friend of mine, Karen Bass, a, a longtime community organizer, Congresswoman, actually re- represents the district I live in, Come and on. yeah, and she just uh, won uh handily uh turns out uh by a, almost a 10 margin which is kind of amazing yes. she she was outspent man i think crucial they said i heard this I heard this stat the other day on the radio crucial spent 110 million dollars on this campaign mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he spent 162 dollars per vote she spent 10 dollars per vote <laughs> man yeah yeah that's kind of Kind of incredible, isn't it? I mean, really, uh, really. I mean, and not
0: surprising, given that you know that party has always known for having you know significant donors, but it's yeah. rare that a donor yeah. himself can run. Yeah,
2: he he mostly spent his own
0: money, right, right, <laughs> his
3: own money, to do this. Yeah.
0: losing bid, and it probably wasn't even a
2: drop in the bucket. wasn't to- even a drop in the bucket. And but all that to say is that uh, uh, not to tar and feather, Mister Caruso. He seems like a nice enough guy, yeah. uh, but but moneyed interests. Uh, as as they play an inter, as they play a, a factor now, played it played a factor then in uh, in the setting of the book. So that's really the point I was I was trying to get well,
0: at. Well, that's beautiful. I'm glad you clarified that because I was thinking a couple of things. First of all, uh, shout out once again to Karen Bass. We've been shouting her out on this program uh, for being the first African American woman to be the mayor of Los Angeles. Yeah. That- Yes. No All accomplishment. That's right. Know. Right on. Uh, speaking of Mayor Tom Bradley, I mean, when I was a child, I actually met Tom Bradley.
2: Right on, man.
0: He happened to be on my block when I was a kid. That's uh, great. Day, and our landlord was visiting him and said, hey, this is Mayor Tom Bradley. I'm like, oh, snap, you're tall.
3: <laughs> yes, he
0: was. He's a tall. He's a big fella. <laughs> uh, One shot, Harry. Um, I don't hear too many books written about the Korean War. I hear about yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Civil War, but yeah. I don't think about the Korean War. What was it about that particular battle that inspired this one? Was it just the time period that it was fought, and all the issues that were impacting Los Angeles at that time? What was it about the Korean
2: War that I, you? You know, I think that's a great that's a great question, man. I, I think partly, you know, the Korean War is often called the uh, the forgotten war, right? Because it happens, yeah. you know. Happens a few years after uh, World War II, and it happens a few years before uh, Vietnam, as you said, and they kind of get sandwiched in between. But I've always been kind of fascinated by it because partly because, uh, uh, to give credit where credit is due, there was this uh, late, great kind of uh, uh, independent filmmaker, this guy named Sam Fuller, who himself was actually a World War II vet. But he wrote wrote and directed like these three uh, great little films about the Korean War. And, and it's, it's notable, by the way, in one of, in one of the films, uh, Nat King Cole, uh, plays a soldier in one of the films,
3: oh, wow.
2: uh, it's notable that the Korean war is when the, uh, armed forces are first, uh, integrated. Uh, mm. and in fact, uh, MacArthur, who was in charge of the troops of the, of the, uh, campaign, uh, um, for the U S in Korea, uh, refused to follow that order. And was he wasn't fired because of that? He was fired for some other reasons. But once he got fired, the general who took his place then in fact did integrate the, the armed forces. So I always thought that was kind of a, just an interesting kind of time period, right. uh, interesting look at kind of you know these these race relations and these 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 troops sort of pushed together uh, right. when they hadn't been uh, mostly hadn't been in World War II. Although there were some actually there's some ex- there's some uh, exceptions even during World War II. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought, yes, because I want to make Harry not quite old enough to have been a Vietnam, uh, excuse me, a World War II vet, although he could he could certainly be in the 60s. There's plenty of World War II vets who are around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought I'd just make him just a little bit younger and because I wanted to talk about the Korean War, which, uh, as we've said, you know, d- didn't get or doesn't get a lot of play often, uh, And but that, like a lot of combat veterans now and then, uh what we what we would now call uh what we now call post traumatic stress syndrome mm-hmm. uh in those days was called being a, a shell shocked or combat fatigue <laughs> right. but but harry but harry suffers from that because there's an incident that happens to him during the war that that's talked about in the book and mm-hmm. another and a friend of his a buddy of his who where harry lives his little apartment in south central it's, it's above a, a grocery store on the, on the ground floor and the man who uh, runs the grocery store is another Korean war vet. They did not; they were not in the same uh, unit. They're not in the same company in in Korea. But this uh, man, uh, Arthur uh, Yarborough, had would been had been blinded during the war when a, a landmine went off. So he's this blind grocer. But he, you know, he, he obviously, he gets along and he, and, he, and he manages for himself. And uh, and Harry and he are, are buddies. And uh, so we see there's a couple of scenes where. He and Harry are talking about the war now. You know, this is in the '60s, so you know, in those days, uh, uh, men didn't go to see the the, the, the therapist, didn't go, you know, to those to those right. meetings uh, as they should, and and they do now. And so, but they but they're both kind of grappling with this this trauma from the war, uh, mm-hmm. and it haunts both of them, and they realize it, and they and they and and they're doing, you know, they 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 kind of examine it, they don't they don't go deep into it, but they they still talk about it. So you get an understanding, you get a kind of sense of it's part of what makes them uh, who they are. And in particular, of course, with Harry, because he does chase around uh, these uh, these incidents, sometimes of violence and sometimes of just kind of drama and trauma. Uh, and he kind of starts to wonder himself, well, am I, you know, Am I trying try to excise all these sort of demons inside of me by taking all these pictures of people doing these terrible things and and writing up these little stories of mine? But you know, so so part of that is a little self examination uh, that I wanted to give the characters and get a little depth. But as we, you know, as hopefully I tell a, a entertaining uh, story. Oh, you often do. I'm I'm not even worried about it.
3: But <laughs> it's so
0: weird though. You got so many nuances here when you talk about that the 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 trauma that soldiers face when they come back and him himself he himself experiencing that the fact that uh you're giving attention to that in this story and dealing with racism during that time period right just I'm looking at your write-up right here and it talks about racists and leftists and you know the 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 issues that impact that side of the electorate and then Harry himself being a journalist and all this uh distrust of traditional systems in this country uh fake news and what mm-hmm. have you and the fact that people have to go out and back in the day they used to call them scoops you would get the scoop
2: that's right, right. that's right that's right
0: you'd have to really really be on your j-o-b it was exactly. uh who was the man who was the cat that took that muhammad ali photo with him uh it was such a quick thing when he knocked down sonny liston and was that it that? Re-
2: wasn't that Howard Bingham? Wasn't it Howard Bingham? Okay. It may not have been Bingham. Bingham, I know, chronicled a lot of uh, a lot of Ali's, uh, uh, you know, uh, in and out of the ring. Yeah. I want to say it was Bingham, but it, it might not have been. It might not have been. You're right. But that's but that but, but exactly. That's a great example of of, of yeah. being there and capturing that moment, right that it. powerful moment. Yeah. Powerful, it And
0: it's such a blip. It was so quick. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just stand there and flex his bicep he was right. like oh, i do i rule you <laughs> so no. one shot harry man just sounds awesome and when you pair that with the fact that you you got the the music piece with the the jazz trumpeter i mean i'm thinking about la uh, and right. you know, i don't live in southern california anymore as you know Mr. yeah but i i know Lamert park Dig uh, it. there was a central avenue that's right and I know That's that right. that was a highly renowned uh, jazz uh, centerpiece for Southern California. The exactly. great, Higgins, the, the legendary drummer, Billy Higgins. There
3: built
0: you go. The Park Village, just based upon the love and the power right. that the jazz scene had and blew up. Yeah,
2: world stage, exactly. That's world right.
0: stage, you know what I'm saying? That's right.
2: That's right. That's right. I, I'm
0: just seeing all this stuff. I don't know if all this stuff is in your book, but you have such a good sense of LA history that. All these things just conjure up in my mind, and I may be way off base. I, I still have yet to to skim through this book, but there's so many elements here, man. I love it. No, I, I
2: think, yeah, no, I like. I, yes, I, I like to think that I, I um, incorporated uh, kind of the the jazz scene. There's, there's uh part of uh, part of the book, also looks at uh, West Adams, and as the as the freeway at that point, uh, the Santa Monica freeway. Is Man. is is coming through, right? It's coming through West Adams and, and homes are being yeah. taken and, and you had black and white residents coming together to try to fight that. You also had, of course, this displacement of a of a black community in Santa Monica itself, right? Where the where the freeway would you know would, would terminate. So so these are you know these are factors that, that that are underlying in the book, as well as as you mentioned, uh about the leftists, um Harry's uh Harry's uh uh, the woman that Harry meets, Anita Clare, she is the daughter. She's biracial. She's the daughter of of uh, what they used to call fellow travelers, le- leftists who were you know uh, involved in a lot of radical stuff and strikes and pickets and for civil rights and what have you. And so that kind of gets played out too a little bit. A little bit of remnants of uh, what was you know what was called the Red Scare, uh, which even you know had a had a presence even here. Often it's thought about as back east, but it had a had a fairly uh, uh, significant presence here in Los Angeles, and so in the fifties into, into this time period, early sixties, and so that's talked about as well.
0: Man, um, side note: I actually grew up in the West Adams area. No kidding, that's home. I'll be
2: doggone. Right
0: that's on, exactly. So, I mean, the ten freeway right there, Adams and La Brea. Yeah, uh, that's home, bro.
2: Right that's on, right. man. Right on. And by the way, and by the way, you know, now it's facing gentrification all over again
0: Bruh. <laughs> yeah oh, man I don't feel the same because yeah. you know we talk about tensions between that may have existed between black and white right and more black and white right right <laughs> so it's like and it, it was a trip because i guess i mean i've lived in california my whole life and i'm assuming you have too right yes
2: i have yes i have okay,
0: so nice. you've seen the change because right. i did you know how long have you known about the demographic uh, variation that existed in California. I knew we weren't dominating, but I, yeah. I knew we were more than 6% of the freaking population. Yeah. Americans are only 6%. I
2: uh, know. We're down from like what? Uh, we were 10 or 12 or something like that once upon a time, right? But yes, uh, no, that, wow. but that's, that's, that, well, listen, that there's, well, this is the future, baby. This is the, the wow. world, the world is changing. And yeah, and yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Wow. And it's not, it's not like it's going to reverse. Right.
3: <laughs>
0: wait, so wait 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 wait! i mean i don't want to tell too much about your history but i'm a dorsey high school alumnus so Wrong. you are you what fremont crenshaw
2: I, you know hit, no, wait, hit, now this now we now we're going to really uh reveal some truth i would have gone to manual arts had i gone to
3: the toilers <laughs> I, wound,
2: I wound up going to a little school a little private high school called lutheran high Okay. Part of part of the Lutherans. But now in those days, we were right on uh we were right near Florence and Crenshaw. We we're right on 70th Street wow. and Eighth Avenue. The campus is still there. I for, I forget now what's there now. But in those days, man, we were like the first uh influx of black kids. Some of some of the guys I went to high school with, some of the guys I played football with and I'm still friends with now all these decades later, uh had gone, and come up through Lutheran system. I come up, you know, through public school. And I find myself going to Lutheran High, but it was actually a pretty good experience. It was a really great experience. And like I said, cats I met then, I'm still friends with now. Wow. And, and but it was a whole kind of crazy little mindset and whole kind of shift. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was wild. It was wild.
0: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, we're going to get back to your books in just a second. But Yeah, don't no worry. You're familiar with uh, Lock High, of course.
2: Sure. Of course.
0: And it seemed like they always had the best music program, you know. Right. Like, That's you know, right.
3: Southern yeah. California. That's I was
0: right. playing bands, but Lock High School, man, they had uh Leon and Dugu Chancellor, Patricia. Yep. Shin, yep. Um people that were in the Daz band. Yeah. Yeah. And, man. and I'm not even doing it justice, man. So
3: when
0: when I was at Dorsey, yeah, I, I played in the band and whatnot, but right man, on. Manuel always had a great marching band, but Lock, right. High School, Lock High School was always, you know, there was a rivalry there between Crenshaw, Dorsey, of course, and then Manuel, yeah. Uh, Fremont, we, yeah, Fremont, right? And, um, Lock, it was right always, that, that, that quintuplet, I almost called it that, but that quintuplet right there, that was like the center of Black youth. Right, exactly. Back in the day, and man, yeah. how things have changed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, this really? is KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bum School. My name is DJ Rome. We're just chopping it up with the good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips. He's here breaking it down to its final compound, what the world this brother has been up to. We've been talking about his book, One Shot Harry. And see, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Phillips is like, back in the day, y'all know this show is called Psychotic Bum School. Back in the day, George Clinton, you, you used to release an album by Parliament on one label, Funkadelic on another label. That's
3: right, that's right. to Atlantic
0: <laughs> Records and drop Brides of Funkenstein and <laughs>
3: This is the brother
0: right here. He He's the author of One Shy Harry, right? And then yep. that was in, from April. And he has another one out there called Witnesses, Witnesses for the Dead. And we haven't even talked about South Central Noir.
2: Right. What, so both Witnesses for the Dead and South Central Noir are anthologies, South Central Noir, I, I uh, solo edited and have a story in that. And those are that's a great collection of uh, 14 different stories covering, by the way, a, a time period. Uh, speaking of, of, of L.A.'s past, we, we have a story in there uh, by Emory Holmes, a second old buddy of mine, uh, which goes back to the days of the Dunbar Hotel, talking about Central Avenue and the jazz clubs. Uh, I mean, this story is set in the late 20s, uh, late 20s. Uh, into the thir- uh, early thirties, but uh, and and uh, it's about a young man, uh, part of that black migrate that black migration that comes west, uh, and he gets caught up in some circumstances. But and and we have a couple of stories set. We have a story specifically set during the events of ninety two. We have uh, my story has a reverberation from that time period. Anyway, all that to say is that there's some, a couple. Even, we have even a couple of ghost stories <laughs> in uh, in South Central Noir. So I'm 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 very happy with. Of uh, the uh, broad swath of of time periods and and kinds of stories that the writers uh, wrote about, and that came out from Akashic, I guess that came out in uh, maybe that's in the middle of August, so toward the end of August, and then just now dropped uh, earlier this month. We were we were talking about this has been uh, Witnesses for the Dead and uh that's another anthology that now this one i co-edited with a with a long time another longtime friend of mine gar anthony haywood uh and both Gar and i have stories in this collection as well but in particular uh this collection witnesses for the dead the stories were inspired really by uh the that brave young woman uh, uh darnella frazier who uh who, you know who captured the the murder of george floyd uh, ah
3: you know yes, yes. Uh,
2: and so and so inspired by that and this was actually this the idea had actually come from Gar's uh father-in-law who actually just recently passed mm-hmm. and but he had he was talking with with Gar, and he was saying, well, you know that kind of brave act and and you know obviously you know she, and she'd been properly uh you know given an accolade. And they got to talking more and more. And so now the idea of being that our stories then are take that as a cue, which which is to say, if you were to witness a, a terrible crime, what would you do? What would happen to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you stand up? Would you do the right thing? Some and in some cases, not in some cases, the, the the stories are very are quite varied. So it's not all about it's not actually there's no one particular story that's about. There's a couple of stories about police abuse. But there's no stories that are just about just people, you know, videotaping an incident. They're all some people get involved, some people don't want to get involved and get pulled in. Anyway, I think there's a great, again, another great cross section of those kinds of stories. Uh, and I will say, uh, and it's important to uh, to note that uh, that the proceeds from the book uh, uh, go toward that organization, uh, safe, uh, the Alliance for Safe Traffic Stops. So, so uh, we're uh, we're proud of that as well. Gary Phillips, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul.
4: Like a sound you hear that lingers in your ear But you can't forget from sundown to sun
0: In the year nineteen ninety two, so of course the big one comes to mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I was around during that time, and yeah, uh, so ninety two, George Holiday,
2: yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. uh, can you, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, that's great, DJ. DJ Rowe, that's a, that's that's a great example, perfect example of what we're and what and what a great connection between uh George Holiday, who also just recently passed. God bless right, him. Right. Uh, and 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 this young woman miss frazier uh Mm -hmm. holiday had had gotten this in those days this is how old you and i are in those (laughs) days he got this uh 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 video uh camera right this camcorder as a present. i think it was like a birthday present or something like that right Uh and sure enough man the cat has you know you know he's just sitting in the pad one night you know Mm -hmm. you know minding his own business here's this commotion outside Right, goes out to his balcony, looks down, sees the sea of these cops wailing on his brother, Rodney King wailing on his brother, Mm. and uh, and goes and just kind of reflexively, man, goes to grab his camera. Mm. Right, goes back to the balcony, you know, puts it on zoom, whatever you got to do there, and take that grainy that 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 grainy footage that will be seen around the world, be seen around the world, right, Uh, and 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 sets in motion a a lot of a a lot of 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 reform and a lot of efforts at trying to really what what folks in the black community been saying for years about the cops here it is and black and white folks right you you know ain't stage this is the real deal here you are and and as you said man you take that incident and then Mm -hmm. now we go forward uh uh a couple of well heck more than two decades right where, where however many years that is or dang, dang near whatever dang near 30 years yep. Uh, yep to these crazy little things that you and I and all these kids have <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now my and my grandson who, who's eight wants one we ain't gonna get him one yet anyway but you know what I mean that but has has this what what is it it says I think these things have more memory than the old satellites had right in terms of capacity uh-huh. you have I guess sort of the, what is it the uh, the law of unintended consequences where somebody at some point says you know it would be great if we built cameras into these things <laughs> right and right. then right right and here you and here you have it and, and now you have you know what 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 Miss Fraser captured uh, yeah but you know
0: what you you're absolutely right one hundred percent but wasn't there at least a, 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 even if it was just a brief moment. You remember when the, the 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 Rodney King video first hit the news? Because back then it wasn't you know Fox News. CNN. That's right.
2: It just right. hit the news. It was on ABC channel. That's 5. right. Well, I think it was on Channel Five. For right? I believe it was on Channel Five. but that's right. You know what yeah. I'm yeah, the local the, our locals, our local station. Yeah,
0: local stations and people were just. Wasn't there a moment? I, and I want to see if if you want to riff about this a little bit. Wasn't there a moment? Because like you said, we had been saying for years in the right. The hood that this was happening. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's captured on video. That's right. And so wasn't there at least a moment, a fracturous moment, given how distrustful African Americans in particular had come to view law enforcement, the justice. It wasn't just, it was just us. Right. Really strong antagonistic feelings about getting fair treatment when we had bad interactions with police officers. But can you talk a little bit about when george Holiday captured that the 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 level of optimism that may have existed that maybe this time yes this time yes
2: yes we're, you're we're, absolutely right, you're of, absolutely right. That's, about
3: right. That.
2: that's right well listen let's let's not forget that at that moment uh our chief of police was the infamous daryl gates, gates. <laughs> gates. <laughs> which we could devote a whole nother program just talking about that cat but and you're right. And you're absolutely right. DJ you man? When that video hit uh, the TV screens, mm-hmm. and you're, and I think, I think that's true. I think there's also this kind of this disconnect, right? So that, that I think, certainly for you know, audiences on the west side of town or whatever, it's like, how did they process that, right? Mm-hmm. Here it is. Right. As we said, here it is in grainy black and white. In reality, yep. what we've been talking about, you can't just sweep it under the rug. You can't just dismiss it. And you're right. There was a, there was a, it was certainly an optimistic moment, more than just an optimistic moment that and, and, and it is true. Right. It, and it certainly is the case that from it did flow, even though even though those 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 cops were initially uh, found not guilty of the criminal charges. And, and of course, it. it, it it, it jumps off the, the unrest that followed for several days. That's right. But, but it is certainly true that in the aftermath of all that, oddly enough, one of the things that w- I remember was highlighted then was this, this like, was the, the question of who is it that is in charge of the, the chief of police, right? Is it the mayor? Is the yeah. city council? And, and because it was murky, you know, Gates was always able to mani- manipulate that and work it to his advantage. And I do remember this. I remember Prop F, which was on the ballot, post the uh, you know, civil unrest, post all this all this stuff, uh, passed, and Prop F was about reining in the chief of police, right? Was about creating a system of control of who it is who who it is that that is in charge, you know, ultimately uh, of of a police chief if he's going to be recalcitrant and you know and not implement reforms, and the fact that that passed was amazing, and it did say something about what uh what that video did to people's consciousness. Absolutely did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: I mean it was it was a stunning period of history because even when we talk about the, the consent decrees. Yes effort for uh, people in the congressional black caucus for example to get this legislation through and people with their their sense of voter apathy that right it doesn't matter if we vote or not it doesn't matter and right. you can't trust either party democrats republicans are all the same that's right yet you depending on who you vote for will determine your local politics and this yes. president is going to pick and put and place onto the supreme court and right. local benches judges that just may have a little bit more uh favor toward the issues and causes that you care about that's right that's right for the other side you certainly are not getting that exactly you certainly aren't getting that so oh my god yeah you're right it it just oh man so many memories come back from that and then uh yeah we're gonna talk about uh south central noir but did you remember they brought in uh and I wasn't paying attention back then that closely, but with when you reminded me earlier when you were talking about Tom Bradley being a former officer himself, right? Right, right. I'm guessing that's probably why people felt like maybe he was too soft on Daryl Gates. And so he brought in this guy from Philadelphia named Willie Williams. Oh my goodness. I remember (laughs) (laughs) remember Willie Williams came tumbling down the airplane stairs. Oh
2: Lord, yes.
0: Like this is, and he was a black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they thought that this was gonna be the great savior for the police department and i don't i wasn't paying attention that closely after that i knew that people wanted daryl gates out yep wrong after that verdict like you said because they were initially found not guilty which was crazy. and then i guess maybe it was a civil trial after that
3: yes
2: that's right that's right yeah yeah.
0: yeah, just so many things man and the willie williams thing you know we could do a whole nother chapter
2: on that exactly oh lord yes
0: didn't work out too well but man So many memories, good brother. Uh, <laughs> South Central Noir, also by Akashic, uh, Nakashic yeah. R series. Yeah, uh, this release date says September 6th, 2000.
2: Okay, there you go. There we go.
0: Uh, good brother, you've been vi- so that's three books in one year,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and I should note, you know, as we as we call, I, I know we're getting close to time. Uh, I, I should also note that uh, in my in my golden years now i've I've fallen into a little TV work and I've also been a, a staff writer on uh, Snowfall, which is a show uh on FX it streams on Hulu but hmm. it's a show uh, set in the 80s in South Central and it's about crack and the CIA
0: really okay. yeah
2: yeah yeah well how
0: did you get involved with that How did that happen
2: i I, I got involved because uh the late great John Singleton, who was one of the uh, creators of the show, uh, interviewed me. Um, and, and the fact that Walter Mosley works on the show, that didn't, that didn't hurt me either because Walter and I go back. And uh, so in the third year, I got hired. So in between the second and third year, so the room starts up for the toward the third year. I got hired as a staff writer. And now i finished my fourth and final year because, in fact, the show now, Uh, Is entering uh, its sixth season, sixth and final season will air uh, early in uh, early next year. But we're uh, shoot actually shooting uh, the the episodes now.
0: So, wait, so you're a contributing writer also to Snowfall?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Look, see, y'all thought I was playing, ladies and (laughs) and gentlemen. It's been busy. See, I didn't even know about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's been a, and it's been, you know, fortunately, it was a show that I was watching already before I got hired. So, but anyway, it's it, it's just been a great that's uh, been a great ride as well.
0: Well, de- well, how many seasons have you spent with them?
2: Uh, this is my fourth fourth wow. season. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Out of out of the, but the show's been on. This will be the sixth and final season of the show. Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, any sneak previews that you can uh, surprise or tease the audience?
2: No, no. Uh, uh-uh. they they make us sign these non disclosure agreements, brother. We can't, yeah.
3: nah, we can't say a word. Oh.
2: Not even a peep not even a peep
3: not what? even a
0: peep just a peek.
2: i know man i know i think there's a, I, I. by the way i think there's a a kind of is there a trailer already playing i think there might be a trailer already playing so it's a little there's a little you know a little teaser a little teaser uh i think it's up some running somewhere up on on fx i think right now so maybe that's a. that's probably the best i can say that's probably the most i better say <laughs>
0: oh, but we'll recognize it's your work by the title of the the particular chapter or story
2: No, not necessarily i've i've, I've covered a couple of episodes oh, okay. and my name but my, my name shows up in the credits somewhere somewhere in the credits so yeah it's 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 all been good
0: so, ladies and gentlemen yeah. just, just be on the lookout for the fx network uh snowfall and it's yeah. apocalyptic season apparently exactly
2: exactly that's a good description that's very good it's okay. apocalyptic, apocalyptic season is the best way to describe it. that's very good
0: well, catch that episode. Uh, I don't know which one it is, and Gary Phillips can't tell us right now, but just watch them all. Like, there you uh,
2: go. Let's
0: uh, see. that's the good brother. Uh, before we let you go, man, uh, South Central Noir, good brother. Yeah. How did this one come together, and what's this one all about? Because this one's another anthology, kind of like uh, the other one you were talking about, as well as the Obama inheritance, right? That's right,
2: that's right. And uh, you know, the folks at Akashic have done a whole series of these noirs man you know that you have one set uh you know there's los angeles noir there's uh uh mumbai noir there's lagos noir so they've had various uh, cities various areas there's indian country noir and and i've done i've been in i've had stories in, i've had stories in los angeles noir i've had stories in, in a few of the other ones and i also did i actually that's I for, i'd also forgot about this but way back in, in 2008 i uh, edited orange county noir of all things
3: of <laughs> the,
2: but <laughs> what the one thing they hadn't done right uh, even though they done los angeles Noir, they hadn't done south central noir and you know as mm-hmm. we know you know south central is is, is world famous right rap and tv is yes. you know for good and for ill and what have you mm-hmm. and uh and my relationship with 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 uh with Akashi, uh, Johnny Temple is the publisher, is, mm. you know, is pretty good. And and I just really I just pitched Johnny on the idea and we had to wait a little while, about a half a year because there was other things to, to you know, other books to get to uh, get out there in the marketplace. Uh, but then we came back around to it and he said, yeah, let's 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 do it. So, again, it was one of those things that I that I've been thinking about. I, as I said, I kind of knew the, the writers I wanted to uh, invite uh, mm. into the book. And uh, was uh, you know as I mentioned, kind of very pleasantly surprised at the kinds of stories we got. I never, I, you know, I, the, the prompt was that I'd written a little something up about you know certain landmarks in in, uh, in South Central and what have you. Yeah. And um, but people just went to town, man. They, like I said, they went to town. They had, we have stories set in different time periods. We have, like I said, we have a couple of ghost stories. We have you know, they all have sort of, you know, crime or mystery elements to them. And, and, and really, it's just a wonderful collection. And,
0: and Okay. I well, hope,
2: people, hope people can check it out. And it's also, I should also mention all three of these, by the way, uh, One Shot on Harry, South of the Noir and Witnesses for the Dead are all also available on uh audio.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So hmm. I was just gonna uh big you up on that. Shout out for another fantastic release. Uh Looks like you have contributing uh contributions from stephen cha nicholas charles steph Steph
2: cha yes uh uh-huh that's Uh, right uh tanana rive do tanana reeve tanana reeve do. she's kind of big in the horror uh genre and her her, she's one of provides one of the ghost stories
0: wow gar anthony haywood larry foundation naomi Hirahara, emery second robert roberto lovato penny mickleberry Gary Phillips himself, Eric Stone, Gervais Turvalon, Terval- Turvalon,
2: Jerry Turvalon, yep.
0: Turvalon, Jerry Westerson, and Desiree Zamorano. Zamorano,
2: yep. There you go.
0: That sounds like quite a lineup. Um, real quick, we we got a few more minutes left. A um, couple of standouts from the well. I'm I'm not asking you to pick, but how do these stories <laughs> kind of fuse together? There, there's a <laughs> element to all of them, right? So, yes. What what would you say is sort of the the common thread? Because and um, by the way, I mean, I I I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking about the fact that there was an Orange County noir. So you said there needs to be a therefore a South Central noir. <laughs> you know the, the lore that South Central has for its music, but Orange County, brother, politic <laughs> Orange County has got some stuff going on politically, man. The the politics. Yeah are really something else and it just gives an idea of how nuanced california is we're out here on the left coast but
2: it.
0: it ain't all left
2: that's right that's right how true very true that's okay. very true man how true. So i just wanted to throw that shout exactly but
0: can you can you give us a couple of uh highlighters real quick before we let you go of south central i'll
2: say this let me, i'll say this well that, that look it, the 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 one through line beyond just the fact that you know they're, they're set in various locations in south central in those stories is it's really you know what's wonderful is it really just highlights the human condition man it just it's always about the characters it's always about how people think whether they're scheming whether they're trying to get over or whether they're just trying to keep their head above water and and i i think the fact that, that comes through in all these stories uh and all the writers man like i said i've, I've said this before and i've said it in other venues which is to say they all bought their A-game. Uh, they really hit it out the park. Uh, hmm. and, and it just you know, it's just wonderful little vignettes of life. I mean, that's really how to say it. I mean, we, you know, okay. they're short story. So you get in, you get out, but you really get a great glimpse of these little uh, just kernels, these little pockets of the, of the various uh, uh, parts of South Central and how they come alive uh, in the stories that these writers chose to tell.
0: Well, so these must be some good friends of yours, some peers that you respect. Did you handpick yes. these these contributors yourself?
2: I did. I did. I I generally have not done uh, what they call open call. I've done a I've done a little of that uh, on a couple of different projects, but generally speaking, when I uh, edit an anthology, I I come up with a list of writers that I at least want to ask. Not, you know, not everybody says yes, uh, but uh, but I but there's always. Usually a working list of folks that I want to ask uh, because I just you know I, I I respect their work I've read their work and mm. uh, and I think that they would bring something you know to to a specific project
0: right well uh, without stating the obvious with regard to uh, Walter Mosley who you mentioned a few minutes ago yeah uh, at this point because you you described it as um, uh, if I heard you correctly I'm, I'm gonna you know miff your words a little bit <laughs>
3: kind
0: of in the twilight of your your career.
2: <laughs> well, in the, in the in the golden year I like it, I don't like, like have to think of the twilight of my career I can like think about it as the in, in the in the in this uh, uh the golden years of my career how about that's that That's what you said I'm sorry yeah, yeah the yeah. golden year I yeah. knew I was going
0: to mess that up
3: <laughs>
2: but I'm noticing
0: an and in, in, I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I'm seeing an increase in intensity and productivity despite you being in your golden years so Dude, that that's I hope so me. no seriously it does because it yeah. says to me that you have truly truly mastered your craft you've truly found your voice I mean not that there was any question about that in the mm-hmm. first place but mm-hmm. someone that could produce at this level and put out the quality of work that you're doing at this rate this this rate of secession. and you know you, you got tentacles in several different projects including television too Dude. I mean and you talk about people um They call Houston, Texas the finesse capital of the world. You talk about people still, uh, even at various stages of life, you still have to watch your back and be careful who you work with and uh, who you associate associate yourself with. But how would you? I mean, before we let you go, man. I mean, the golden. How would you best chronicle your golden years? What's your aim at this point? You've done just about everything you wanted to do in the literary field, right?
2: I mean, and and if not, what what what's next? Well, I think it's is well. Hopefully, it's to keep doing uh, what I'm doing. Hopefully, it's to uh, to enjoy uh, the stories um, or ha- or 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 bring to fruition. I guess that's the way to say it. Bring to fruition the stories I want to tell, and I think I still have some stories to tell, mm-hmm. and I and I, and and I I still get a, a kick out of out of writing them uh sometimes it's you know it's not always a labor of love sometimes it's just laborious <laughs> but but as it should be it, it shouldn't be it's not always fun in games i think it's it's always fun to get to the end of the project and and maybe be hopefully be satisfied with what you've come up with uh, but you know writing is rewriting and so it's always uh, about what you write and thinking about what you write and trying to look look for the right word or the right combination of words to convey uh, what it is you want to try to get across, and and I think for me it's always trying to figure out uh, plot and character and the revelation of character, but but how character serves plot and how plot serves character, uh, mm. and I think it's always an interesting seesaw. It's always an interesting balance. We 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 a lot we do a lot of this in the writers' room, uh, you know, in Snowfall, uh, and and I think that's helped me to to sharpen and think uh, differently, or think uh, or think at least more clearly about what i do in terms of the pros Now i pros in a book you know you've got all the real estate you need you can go in your character's head you can go in the head of other other characters uh, mm-hmm. but you still have to be efficient you still have to be uh cognizant of you know i got to carry the reader along i don't want the reader to get uh fall out of love with the the material so i want to keep them going uh and i want to bring them in but i also want to you know service service these characters that i have on 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 the page and, and if i introduce you to a particular character well that character should do something that character should come alive for a little bit otherwise there's no reason to have them
0: man well uh you could not only preach a sermon you could teach a class brother Uh. (laughs) because i mean look at tyler perry i mean he he says he does all his own writing for all different programs and your body of work is is amazing and so I can't even Im- imagine what an aspiring artist can uh, derive and uh, download from you know your work, your blood, sweat and tears throughout the years. I myself, I'm not a writer like you are, Mr. Phillips, but I am very inspired by your work and uh, I wanna wish you continued success. What is the best way for people to keep in touch with you, follow your work, keep track of what you're doing and be able to anticipate what you got coming up next, Mr. Phillips?
2: Man, I, you know, one of one of these days. I, I, well, I'm never going to do it, but maybe I, my when my grandson gets a little older, he can handle my social media for me because I don't do any of that stuff. But I do keep a website now. The website, you know, kind of hit or miss how I maintain it, but it's it's at gdphillips.com, so people can at least check there and I, it's reasonably up to date on some of the, on some of the stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you can always reach me through there. But you can always see what I'm up to. And then I do I, I'm on Facebook. I mean, I, I that much I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know this other stuff that you young folks do this TikTok and all that other stuff. I'm appreciative of it. Believe me, I am. But it's yeah. just man, that's work. So,
3: Ooh, <laughs> so yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. In fact, that's where I met you was
0: on Facebook. I, I haven't gotten into TikTok. I mean, I'm barely active on even Facebook
2: these days. Hey, yeah. It's work.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still Isn't it a lot of work?
2: It is a lot of work, isn't it? It's crazy, right. man. It's crazy.
0: it's Like I got yeah. enough
2: to do in my day, man. It's like yeah, right right. And now you have, you know, what, what do they call them? Influencers and all that. You know, all yes. that's work. Yeah, that's, a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of
0: work. That's a lot of work. Man. Well, gdphillips.com, that's the best place to us. Yes, our- sir. Okay, we're going to do that. Hey, good brother. It is always a joy to have you here. I can't believe it's been so many
2: years. But Thanks it feels, for having me, brother.
0: It feels it's like good. we we never lost contact, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. This is been wonderful.
0: I appreciate you, man. So uh, sit tight for a second. This is Casey the truth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips. Check him out at gdphillips.com. Check out his latest releases. One shot Harry, Witnesses for the Dead, as well as South Central Noir. All right. Stay tuned for more, y'all. We'll be right back after this.
1: Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is your man, Eric Rico. And you're currently in tune to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on kcwg the best internet radio station on the planet
4: This is Cy Smith and Sean Carter-Peterson, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG, the thetruth.com, Truth.com. the best internet radio station on the planet.
0: <laughs> I'm sad to report that actress, singer, and songwriter Irene Cara has died at the age of 63. Her death was confirmed by her representative, but no cause of death has yet been disclosed. Caro was born on March 18, 1959, in the Bronx, New York, and died November 25, 2022, in Miami, Florida. In 1980, she shot to fame when she appeared in the movie Fame as Coco Hernandez, and also recorded the title song. In 1983, she co-wrote the hit song, Flashdance, What a Feeling, for the movie Flashdance, and won an Academy Award a Golden Globe Award, and a Grammy Award for the song. ccwgthetruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a bit of a bittersweet tribute that we must, we must, we must, we must get to, because this is a big one. Irene Cara, movie star, music star, international star of hit blockbuster films such as Fame, Flashdance. Uh, Oh, what a feeling. She's passed away, y'all, at the tender young age of 63. Uh, We got word on over the weekend, actually. I think she actually transitioned maybe on late Friday, but the word began to circulate online over the weekend on Saturday, and her publicist is the one who broke the story, and she was very heartbroken to do so. Celebrities as uh, wide and diverse as uh, Deborah Cox, singer-songwriter Deborah Cox, as well as, of course, The great legendary Debbie Allen, uh, who says she herself is absolutely heartbroken over this loss. Irene Cara, one of the first people to uh, not only sing a hit record of that magnitude and flash dance with a feeling, but she actually co-wrote the song and um, took her all over the world. And it actually defined a generation of movie watchers, uh, aspiring artists, singer, songwriter, dancers. Uh, Irene Cara, ladies and gentlemen has passed on. So uh, we wanna pay a little tribute uh, for the good sister and to help me pay tribute, we have two amazing guests who are here who are becoming some uh, a bit of a, a regular presence here on Psychotic Bump School to my great credit. So I appreciate the talents of these two wonderful, incredible human beings. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sisters, Lori Peacock and licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips Brown. Lori, Casey, how y'all doing?
5: Good, thank you.
0: That bad, huh?
5: <laughs> I'm a little Ooh, heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard. When you played that song, I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. It's very hard. It's a sad. It's sad. It's a sad time.
0: It's a sad time. They're talking about, I played a little bit of uh, What a Feeling, Flash dance, the theme song. Um, that film came out, I think, in 87, because Fame came out in the early 80s. And uh, she starred at
6: 84, maybe about 84, something like we that
0: were younger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't born at the time I heard about
5: it- <laughs> my, my ancestors
0: told me about fame and flash dance because I wasn't around. At I, but- I
5: want to I- say 81 because I think I was 10 years old seeing flash dance in the theaters. Okay, I, I would just have, looked it up. Okay, it's 83. okay, eighty-three. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, I remember, I remember sitting in the theater watching Flash, and my, and my, my, my aunt put, covering my eyes, you know, because there was some nudity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Okay, okay. Well, I know you weren't covering your eyes for the entire movie. Uh, what came to mind when you heard about this passing, Laurie Peacock? Then we're going to turn to Casey Phillips Brown.
5: Oh, this one hit me because you know. Growing up, I looked like every light-skinned black woman that was ever on television, but the first one was Coco from Fame. And so, you know, everybody used to call me Coco and I used to pull my, my, my uh, curls when my hair was long. And, and uh, I loved her. I loved her that, that I looked at the screen and saw someone that looked like me for the first time, because mm-hmm. I was always a big television fan of a big movie fan, um, but all my heroes and heroines and, and people that I admired were all white because that was all I saw. So mm-hmm. for Irene Cara to become not only a black woman on, on screen, but a light-skinned black woman, like like myself, it, it just really, it really impacted me a lot and, and helped me uh, identify a little bit better and feel a little bit more comfortable about myself and who, the way I was, and that I wasn't alone. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm very, very sad because I do feel like, sh- you know I wasn't that young when I was watching her I play a teenager in the, in the movie Fame. Um, Fame was a huge huge part of my life growing up I saw that movie oh, wow. a million times and um, you know she actually starred in that one versus Flashdance where she did the the soundtrack but right um, you know her acting and and her just her talent was so so um powerful and she had a huge impact on me so today's, I'm I'm very sad.
0: Absolutely thank you for that and Casey Phillips Brown uh, what Lori's talking about is very real. Um, she was of Puerto Rican and Cuban descent. And someone from those uh, disparate cultures, fusing them together in such a ball of talent as she was, uh, really made her mark. Casey Phillips Brown, uh, what did this loss mean to you?
6: Yeah, it's, it's so. Yeah, my heart is just I'm over here broken. I saw it yet first thing yesterday morning and all I could think of was. It took me back to Sparkle. She was 16 in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how people now, uh, who are, when they were acknowledging her yesterday, people were leaving that out, like on the Shade Room, you know, they were like, oh, from Flashdance and from, you know, fame. And people, were all everybody in the comment was, was like, that's Sparkle. Like she is at 16. We got to see love between her and Michael Thomas. And my favorite line of the movie, he kisses her. And she goes, it feels so good. It's got to be a sin. Like just the innocence of her. Mm -hmm. And you see her grow in this movie and her talent. Um, You know, Sparkle, as we've talked about a thousand times, is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's such an amazing coming-of-age story for women and for young um, and for, for men. Seeing the men in the movie... How they all started off all as just young kids and just go through the trials and tribulations as a little girl you know watching this in 76 and so watching it probably as a 10 um, year old 11 year old going you know um, later on I didn't see it when it first opened of course we mm-hmm. really learned so many life lessons from that movie and so that's when I first learned of, um, yeah. of Irene Cara and so I just just watching that and everybody you know you pretend to be the group you know doing the dance moves you know singing what can I do uh, uh, with this feeling, like, you know, singing all that stuff. Um. Just, she really, really, really um, impacted, I know, my, my friends, our lives. And then, of course, then going into fame and seeing her. And uh, there's like a moment in fame when she's really uh, vulnerable. It's a whole scene where a guy is um, videotaping her for an audition. And you, she just embodied what it's like to try to get into this business and trying to be famous, but still being a kid. Mm-hmm. And not really knowing, but thinking you know it. So she's just always been amazing. And don't forget DC Cab, her, her song, you know, in um, yeah. DC Cab as well, right? She, she, in the 80s, cool. she was that woman. She was that girl. Was. And we haven't heard that much about her lately, but mm-hmm. I think hearing of her passing just brought everybody back to sparkle, fame, and um, flash dance.
0: Yeah, well, I want to talk to you about that, especially uh, both Lori and you, because I think about some of the fashion that was going on at that time. You guys know A. Scott Galloway. He was here with us when we did the Nope Review. Uh, he's a renowned journalist, and um, I just happened to click on his page yesterday, and I noticed that, as always, he had written an amazing tribute. I'm not going to read all of it, but he reminded us that she actually got her start. One of her earliest appearances on camera was on the uh, the TV show The Electric Company way back in the day and uh that's when morgan freeman wasn't even the morgan freeman uh who used to <laughs> inspire us to lean on him uh much later when he actually did make his mark but um to casey phyllis brown's point of course it was her role as the title character baby sister and sparkle that truly got her notice alongside co-stars Lynette mckee philip michael thomas and dwan smith but nothing compared us for the jubilant highs and soul-bearing lows of her portrayal of coco in the performing arts high school film fame that rocketed her to international superstardom. Better still, she composed and sang the anthemic theme song, the poignant piano ballad, Out Here On My Own. Mm. I just had a friend from high school that I was texting back and forth, Lori and Casey, and she used to dance and sing to that uh, when we were both in high school. Uh, The dance number Hot Lunch Jam, almost forgot about that one. didn't this fiery, pint-sized dynamo do? For an encore, she co-wrote and sang another iconic 80s movie dance anthem, Flashdance, What a Feeling, for which she won the 1983 Academy Award for Best Song and Oscar, 1984 Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, 1984 Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, and American Music Awards for Best R&B Female Artist and Best Pop Single of the Year. Uh, he goes on to write more. But of course, that is from the great legendary pen of our good friend to the show, Mr. A. Sky Galloway. And uh, by the way, I want to shout out Mr. Galloway. Uh, he um, lost his mom about a month ago. So I'm you, sorry. Know, you got my love and support. Always good, brother. And uh, thank you for always being there for the show and for writing that amazing tribute of Casey Phyllis Brown. Of, uh, <laughs> I I'm seeing her. I'm seeing uh, her. This chat, she just put it here and I'm thinking, Casey, I'm going to see that. And then I'm talking about Irene Cara. Oh, Beautiful sorry. About Irene Cara, Mr. A. Scott Galloway. Thank you. Um, I'm going to check that out. But what do you guys recall about, as I looked that up, Casey, what do Laurie and you remember about the fashion during that time? Because when I think about Flashdance and I think about Jennifer Beals and sort of the the trailers and sort of the images, the posters, uh, all of this comes to mind, the imagery of fame, the imagery of the aspiring dancer, uh, sitting and being nervous, a nervous wreck, having a panic and an anxiety attack about to perform and put on the performance of your lifetime. Does any of that conjure up any feelings or emotions for y'all as we think about uh, the great Irene Cara for either of you?
5: Oh yeah, I wore my sweatshirts ripped. You know, cut, I cut the neck out of my sweatshirt so that it would hang off my shoulder. You know, I don't remember leg warmers. I, I, I don't think That's I, ever what I, really I was trying to
0: remember what that was called. Leg warmers. Yes. Yeah.
5: I don't think I wore them. I, mm. I don't think I was cool enough. I just was. I wasn't cool enough for leg warmers. But but mm. I did do the, the off the shoulder sweatshirt and, uh, you know, all the other the 80s, 80s fashion, fashion things that we were so familiar with. But now they're coming back. Mm-hmm. you know they're they're back with a vengeance oh my goodness and now these young girls are wearing these not 80s but 70s you know they're wearing these bell bottoms mm. i'm like bell bottoms were never cute they weren't cute in the 70s and they're ah. not cute now <laughs> <laughs> I, I had my share I, in, in back in i think it was like the late 80s early 90s bell bottoms kind of had a little bit of a, of a resurgence as well and I, and i did wear them but they're back again so anyways uh, as far as the fashion and and the memories yes i i bought into all of that i tried real hard to, to yeah uh,
6: Oh, we everyone you had to have that shoulder showing or there was an issue. We were we we're like young Catholic school girls too. So that was, you know, on free dress day. Everyone had to have that little, you know, off the shoulder look. Um, we all learned a lot from flash dance too, because you learned how um to take off your bra without taking off your shirt. Lori, do you what? remember that? You remember that? I time? do
5: remember that and I do it all the time. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait,
6: wait. What? <laughs> to take, wait, wait, oh, yeah.
5: wait, what? Take Rom, off your- have you
6: seen Flash Dance?
0: Okay, believe it or not, in, in spots <laughs> see, I can't see. recall it frame for frame, but I don't remember that scene. What scene are you talking about? <laughs> I shouldn't have.
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> They're at dinner, right? At the fancy restaurant. Okay. And I think she was trying to prove a point to him. And then during the middle she took oh no, that was when she got home from the fancy restaurant. Sorry. She was eating. Yeah, in the, the fancy restaurant, she used her foot. The Oh, right. She was eating something very was it oysters,
5: Glory? In a very yeah, like was... kind of a sexual way. Yes. And then yeah. feeling him up with her foot. And then they go mm-hmm. home. And then she, you know, and undo- she's
6: like um taking off her <laughs> underneath her sweatshirt, she takes off her bra without taking off the shirt. Oh and okay. we all
5: learn that trick, like, oh
6: yeah. Oh, got <laughs> yes. it,
0: got it, got it, got it. Oh, Okay. I mean, there's nothing I can learn from that, but I do remember that because isn't that the scene where she that's the poster shot where she's kind of sitting with that sort Mm. of sweater, that cotton. Mm -hmm. sweater, Mm -hmm. Kind of pulled over her knee and that was that moment. Look, I'm not that bad. I watched some. Okay,
6: you're redeeming yourself. You're redeeming yourself.
0: A little bit. I didn't see fame though, but I used to watch the TV show. Oh my God. Wrong. But see, these are movies aside from Bruno. Bruno was the, the, the musician, right? the keyboard yeah, uh-huh, i mean uh-huh. they were it was based in the school of the arts and so people were kind of inspired this is before they even had school of the arts as, as we know it today they have one now at cal state la where i went but at the time when i was a student there that was just I mean, so it just didn't inter- interest, a,
5: interest you you had no interest
6: well, well Lord, i don't understand he's in the music I just that's why i'm like how does he not how does he not get so it sparkle? now he thought I, Sparkle. Can I, I'm, can I tell him I you wrong, what you told crack. me this morning? Can I tell Can I tell you, everybody, what you told me this morning about sure. what you thought Sparkle was about? He thought Sparkle, sure. he, his definition was, well, isn't that the movie kind of like the unofficial story of the Supremes? <gasps> Lori. Um, Lori. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like me, dream, dream Girls. So I was, I was <laughs> one girl,
0: one cast member, Jennifer Holliday or Jennifer Hudson. One of them, Jennifer's. Oh, oh my well. god!
6: Jennifer. Oh my god! Both of the Jennifer's place. <laughs> <laughs> see now you see why I'm confused. <laughs> so that's Dream Girls. Sparkle is a story of of young kids in, in, in Harlem who are part of a church choir and then they decide to form a group and the guys are the managers and you just see that this is the seedy side of business like Rome as a musician and a person who loves music you would love this I just don't get it Lori I don't understand
0: well I remember in Vogue the great R&B singing group did a remake of giving him something that he can feel and they released a music video that okay. I'm sure is quite emblematic of how they did it in the actual movie Sparkle right and so but okay Oh, <laughs> all right. So I remember <laughs> that. And I remember that video was sort of iconic because they had a lot of what mm-hmm. I guess I don't know, women would consider sexual chocolate. They had uh, <laughs> was was <laughs> Yeah, was I can't remember, like but it was like good-looking like, like guys in or a was video it Blair Underwood. or
5: Tyson or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: yeah. It's like it was, that, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. All this stuff, I mean, no offense, but isn't this t- tell me how many black men have watched? Fame, Flashdance, we love Irene Cara. Don't get it twisted. And Sparkle. How many well, black in college? They,
6: they come in the room. We watch Sparkle every weekend, and so they so come so in and sit and come watch come it with room. us, they the guys, because they would see us watching it. We watch Grease and we watch. But Sparkle. did they come in
0: wanting to watch that? They said, "Oh, movie night at Casey KC, in Casey. KC <laughs> We're going to watch Sparkle. Yay! How many brothers did that?"
5: But maybe, okay. maybe not with okay. sparkles. I don't know, but but and maybe fame does because there was music involved. But fame is and very, dance. it's very dark. It's a music and dance, but there's some dark undertones in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very, okay. it's very mature. It's not a even though it's about high right. school students, it tackles very adult issues. Which of course I saw it at, at a young age because I saw everything inappropriate at a young age well, growing up because right. it wasn't like it wasn't like today. You know, well. where rated R really means something.
0: Right. Well, specifically, uh, Irene Kyra's role in Sparkle was how explicit was that? Did you enjoy her performance in that movie, Lori and Casey? What was it about her performance? She was was
6: amazing, but she was like, so Coco's character is this very, like, I'm all about the business. Uh, wait, Sparkle or um Faye? No, I was
0: asking about Sparkle. We could talk about Coco
6: oh. and, and Well, too, Sparkle but... is, is just she's a young girl who looks up to her big sister who's the most, as they say, the most beautiful girl in Harlem, and mm-hmm. she does anything for her sister, and to see the rise and fall of her sister, and what she goes through, it, she grows, and her family is kind of torn, and mm. the boyfriend, like all of it. It's just it's, 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 that's like kind of, it's not a dark tale mm-hmm. necessarily. It's just more of a, a, a coming of age of, okay, These things happen, how do you come back from it? And I think almost anybody can relate to Sparkle. And it's you keep saying, Rome, which is killing my soul. I have the soundtrack, I have the soundtrack. (laughs) I do the the soundtrack, okay. I love Curtis Mayfield. Wait, so the soundtrack with Aretha Franklin is amazing. But in Sparkle, they are amazing. Lynette McKee, oh my gosh, she's singing a song, and Irene, like it's just a different version, but just as good. It's When we were listening to it yesterday, my cousin and I were just kind of putting it, And it's just as good as Aretha. And I know you can't say, like,
5: how something just as good as Aretha.
6: It's just different. Lori, would you agree with that?
5: I actually haven't seen Sparkle.
6: Wait, 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 wait. Since I was young. Since I was very young. No, no, no. You said you didn't see it. You said you didn't see it. I have
5: seen it. But, like, I don't remember it. I was, it was, like, fame I saw 50 times, so I could tell you all about fame. Sparkle, I saw one time you know and so wait a minute
0: all this time that casey phyllis brown's been beating me up about not seeing and I've been, yeah.
5: you see, been I've been silent
6: I a you see i've been silent you do not remember sparkle you saw
0: you don't remember it. <laughs> i
6: had to call her out to find the truth you i'm like what you do you think
5: Lori? man
0: know, the and truth like, comes yes, out
5: can't stay quiet any longer rome i'm in there with you know i i i you saw it at least i have saw seen it. At least. i just she i just it was so long ago that i really i can't say that i remember it except that you know, Irene Carrot was beautiful, as always.
0: Well, that Um, is true. So, can you tell us, what about Coco? Because uh, Casey, you were about to tell us about how she did as Coco in Fame. So, Lori, what what do you remember about her role in Fame as Coco? Well, in Fame... Did you consider it an insult when your schoolmates would call you Coco?
5: No, I liked it. Well, you know, I I, I liked when they would call me Coco because she was, I thought she was awesome, so I didn't mind it. When I started to get annoyed was then after, like, you know when then it was flash dance and then it was jasmine guy and then you know like every i'm like just because we're light skin doesn't mean we really look alike you know but Mm -hmm. um that was when it started to get a little annoying but but no i i like that coco was the first one you know i i was i was in eighth grade i thought it was kind of cool but um Mm. fame gosh that that movie i saw in the theaters we saw it at the drive-ins i saw it multiple times. times i've seen that movie so many times and um it's got beautiful music and the thing about irene this movie is that she sings two really she sings um two really great songs in it and one being out here on my own that you mentioned in that right. tribute um mm. it's it's just a beautiful beautiful song mm. and um and there is that moment uh, as uh, casey mentioned where there is, i mean she's she's basically taken advantage of sexually exploited mm. um and trying to become a star you know wanting so desperately to become a star you'll do anything and and that they showed that dark side of it. And it was, it's, and she was incredibly vulnerable and incredibly believable right. and right. talented in that moment. And, you know, I mean, she, she was topless. That's not something easy for any woman to, mm-hmm. to do, you know um, and, and at the time, you know, now it's like would, would they have done the same thing or, you know but mm-hmm. I, I don't know she was, uh, it, it was a powerful, powerful film and I love it. And I, I would watch it over and over <laughs> and over.
6: It was also a great scene when uh, she and the uh, white ballerina are kind of fighting Mm. over um, Leroy. Over over Leroy. And uh, she's like the black of the very the sweet of the juice. And then the ballerina's like, but who wants diabetes? (laughs) It's like they're dancing and they're like talking around him and they're kind of like, ooh, who's going to get him first? So um, I don't know. She just really set up the idea of there's People who are so into their arts, so into their talents, mm-hmm. that she was so focused. It nothing mattered. friendship, anything. It was about, I have to rise to the top.
3: Mm-hmm. I can, I
6: got to do what I have to do because I have to be a star. And so, again, that whole, remember my name, like fame, like it means everything. Mm-hmm. She was a perfect Coco. I always wonder why she didn't make it, what well, not make it, but why she didn't do the TV version. I'm assuming she was, too, I don't know, she was too big of a star, she was I don't too know.
0: too big by then, I would guess, right? Because mm-hmm. although, I mean, with the song... Maybe it just put her to a different stratosphere because Gene Anthony Ray made the TV version too, right? As well as um, uh, the guy there that were only one. a
5: couple of yeah, a, a lot of the stars. A lot of the stars went on to do more movies. Um, yeah, at yeah. The time,
3: wow. uh, and
5: only only a handful of them were in the TV show, and then they brought in almost a whole new cast. But Leroy, he stayed.
0: He yeah, stayed
5: on the show. Had and Debbie Allen.
0: Well, l- listen, now, yes. you got a crush on Leroy.
5: Of course he didn't have a crush on Leroy. He, the brothers did, he was the brother,
0: the brothers did not have I a crush on Leroy. I didn't have a crush on Leroy. <laughs> I
5: I did, the brothers I did not have a crush on Leroy. He, he was, Leroy. He was uh, well he liked the brothers, right? It was, that was not, well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. The is, like the brothers, you know. At the time though, I didn't I didn't oh no 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 nobody knew, but I just thought he was so cute. He had that great body and he was a dancer and he was mm-hmm. he had that swagger, but he was a bad boy. And I don't I don't like bad boys, but I liked Leroy. And then he couldn't read, wow. and then he learned to read and you know, oh, I just, okay. um, okay. he was illiterate and he, he got into the school of performing arts oh, because of his that. talent. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't even going to audition. He was going with a girl to audition with her as her partner and she was terrible and he was really good. And, uh, mm. they brought him in, but he had no application. He had no, inf- nothing. He was a felon living out wow. in the streets. Yeah. Oh, wow. So anyway,
0: How about that? A little bit of a cinematic. uh, (laughs) I never knew that, Laura.
5: I never knew that, too.
0: Well, before I let y'all go, I appreciate this. Uh, Irene Cara, as we pay tribute, um, can you think of real quick some what what trends, movies, were set afoot as a result of the success with Fame and Flashdance with Irene Cara singing those iconic songs? I can think of Footloose, uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, What else comes to mind? Those would seem to be the two big ones that kind of came after that era. Can y'all think of any others?
6: What just jumped into my head was like the scene from school days, Spike Lee's school days, ah. Tisha Campbell and Jasmine got, I don't want to be alone tonight. And that whole little setup wow. that's so sparkle. That is nothing but
5: Sparkles.
0: Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Good one. Good one. How about you, Lori?
6: That
5: is a good one. I, I don't think, I mean, this came a few years later, but um, I don't think there would have been a, a Whitney Houston in My Bodyguard.
3: Um, oh, you know
5: that that movie was a musical in itself as well, even though it was you know a drama.
3: Right, um, right.
5: I think there's there's a lot of movies that we probably would if we really put our heads together we'd be like oh yeah you know because there were you know anything that had music and had black people or mm-hmm. black women um, mm-hmm. can be attributed to to you know her, her oh. success because there was nothing prior to that you know That's in that true. in that realm other than the black exploitation films that. Right you know, only had Black people in them kind of
0: thing. So. Absolutely. You know what? Now that I think about it, uh, fame preceded uh, Purple Rain by Prince. I mean, yep. just think about the yep. indelible yep. imprint that that movie made. And yep. uh, I'm sure studios were kind of looking at the success of uh, artists and, you know, singers, dancers, and, you know, the whole, you know, artistic community coming together in sort of a, a multi-genre, multi- multi-discipline, uh, fashion, like they did in that School of the Arts, and fame and uh, flash dance. But wow, thanks, y'all. Uh, Irene Cara, ladies and gentlemen, as we lay her to rest, hmm. the sister has uh, made her mark, uh, even on me, although I did not see. Uh, (laughs) Any of her
6: movies, anything.
0: I saw parts (laughs) of Flashdance. I I didn't remember that That's not her movie. (laughs) I know she wasn't in it, but still. I mean, that's what I think about when I think about that voice, that song, the inspiration that she conjured up with so many people across the world. Irene Cara, the tender age of 63, as we lay her to rest. Well, thank you, Irene Cara. Cara, I know people say it different ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, The world has been a much better place as a result of your advent to this great mortal coil, as they say. And uh, I know uh, my life has been permanently impacted by your courage, your impact, your artistry. And uh, thank you for giving us a chance to dream and to aspire and to have a role model. I never heard anything crazy about Irene Cara, y'all, in tabloids. I never heard about her doing anything stupid. And I don't know what her personal struggles were. Again, her publicist did not disclose the cause of death uh, as of this recording, and that will uh, still have yet to be uh, revealed. But nevertheless, uh, she deserves her flowers. And I'm really happy that Casey and Lori have been here to help me uh, do just that. So, Casey and Lori, thank you so much. I know this was a personal one for y'all, but I appreciate y'all doing this. Okay.
6: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And it repeats again on Friday evenings from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very, very special guests for the evening, Lori Peacock, Casey Phillips Brown, and of course, our good brother, Mr. Gary Phillips. Also want to send a very, very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.